All right, so let's begin. Are you an entrepreneur, a designer, a developer? Never before has it been easier to get your new venture off the ground. Whether you're just getting started or have already begun your journey, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we will dive into a new challenge, breaking down the simple digestible items. I'm Dimitri. And I'm Thanasis. And you're listening to Listen, Ship, Repeat, episode 15, when to rewrite your application. Good, good. Um, and uh, nothing spectacular, but uh, maybe you can share something with us. We we're talking about um, yeah. y- your voice sounds clearer, like you bought something new well, and uh, shiny. Yeah, I, I bought some very nice green tea. Ah, okay. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah, it helps. No, no I'm a great uh, tea lover. No new ha- hardware or something? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, today I'm expecting my new MacBook Pro 2015 model. Wow. Brand new. Mm. Um, yeah, I chose that over the latest MacBook Pro without the escape key. Okay. <laughs> it has a touch bar on top? No, no, exactly not. It doesn't. So there's a latest model of the MacBook that doesn't have a touch bar? No, it's not the latest. It's the one year before. Okay. It was a special order specifically for that all right because the latest one without uh, the touch bar it is really a downgraded uh, macbook it doesn't have all the you know all the cpu or memory that it could mm-hmm. and uh yeah that brings a disadvantage without giving the connectivity and the accessibility that uh, of the ports that they have removed yeah well that's great then i hope you make good use of it yeah it's going to be a whole weekend sitting in this sub. cool <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I love I love doing that every few years right. or so. So uh, I guess you also can't cut the AWS S3 downtime. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and there's also like a, a postmortem going around of a, who's a quote what happened. I guess nobody in tech could miss that one. For yeah. our listeners, the AWS S3 service is a service that hosts. All of our uh, infrastructure, all of our cloud uh, files, so photographs, our JavaScript files, our stylesheet files, everything that uh, requires storing is stored on S3. It's like an infinitely huge uh, hard disk on the cloud, and that went went down for five hours. Crazy, you know, five hours per year. It's still nine nine point nine 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 uptime. Um. Not sure about that. Okay. I'm uh, trying to look at the positive side. It didn't really affect any of uh, uh, my uh, apps, applications, but you told me that uh, you suffered a bit. Well, the whole internet suffered. Everybody is on the East Coast, and uh, we're definitely going to see legal action, and we're definitely going to see retribution paid by Amazon on that. There are uh, specific server service level agreements yeah. in place. Okay. And it's really that much of a foundational part of uh, everybody's infrastructure that nobody considered it to be a single point of failure. And that, unfortunately, will have to change in the future. And unfortunately, this will cost a lot to make it, uh, you know, robust and uh, have a a backup solution ready Mm. for that. So I read that um, what happened was uh, somebody just tried to remove a a few servers from uh, production 
but ended, ended up right, it was a human removing error. a plethora of servers that brought it down. So what the hell's going on with this uh, human error stuff in the, in the recent few days? Like, you know, with the Oscars too, that has nothing to do with our podcast, but just yeah, weird. I like, guess uh, it's uh, synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, strange, isn't it? Too big a uh, human error quote By the, way, the past I just, few days. The Amazon one. No, I, I just run the numbers on the percentages, five hours to a year, and it is indeed 0.0005%. It's three zeros and a five. All right. I think I said three nine, so I think I got it to the to a good percentage, which I think is below what they offer as an SLA, which is yeah, yeah. nine point nine nine uptime. <laughs> okay, so you don't pay, pay attention to that, and then you realize that point nine nine is uh, basically a day or something. If right. you Think about it. Like yeah, it's like a day. Three, not a day, like you know, three sixty five, a hundred, so. You know, a couple of uh, decimal points, and you're talking half a day or so. Exactly. Um, but you, you know, you accepted the, you, you clicked. Uh, I agree on the checkbox, and you didn't read the terms and conditions. So what are you doing there? You should read that ten-page document. You never think. <laughs> you never read that stuff. Right. Yeah. You never think about it. I mean. Yeah. All right. So what are we? What are we talking about today? So today we got a really interesting uh, topic. It's uh, when to rewrite your application, and it's really one of the most mythical topics in uh, programmers' culture, literature, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to take a stab at it. Uh, people, it seems, uh, like doing it, developers. Uh, management isn't crazy about it, and uh, we'll probably touch up on all these uh, issues. So, uh, what do you say, um, how do, do you want to frame this, uh, Thanasi? What... Uh, is rewriting right. and refactoring. So let's try to give a definition. There are basically two words. It's rewrite and refactoring. Um, the difference between those is scale. Typically, refactoring is uh, very well scoped down to a very specific um, feature or operation or function or method. So it is something that um, is very well defined it, it, and it uh, can happen... Uh, tip, normally within a short time span. If that time span, which isn't an exact number, uh, like let's say, I don't know, a few days, uh, you know, if we go over that, then it's a rewrite. A rewrite then uh -huh. uh, would require um, to, for you to engage with many, much more parts of the code or even uh, scrapping it all, pu putting it on the side creating a new folder and starting to write whatever it is you are rewriting from scratch, yes. from zero. And uh, we're talking about rewriting your application, uh, but let's just mention that it's not a mon monolithic uh, concept, uh, this uh, application. You have many moving parts, uh, uh, decoupled from each other potentially, and uh, you probably be rewriting uh, these particular parts instead of the whole thing. Having a scenario where you're writing the whole thing, it's a bit off topic for us tonight, really. And uh, I think we discourage it too, don't we? Right, yeah. So let's focus on yeah, the uh, the moving parts. Okay, what else is there here? So, um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to add to what you said. Uh, once you are down the road, you have an, uh, some kind of code base. Um, it's generally not advised, and not, I, I haven't heard anybody doing it, to go rewrite your whole application right all the moving mm. parts front and back end you typically do it one thing at a time 
And you typically do that because first of first of all, you don't have the kind of resources to do that, and second of all, it's it's the time uh, that's going to take you, and it's generally not advisable. Now, one of the things to take note here as to the rewriting and refactoring, and that's so important that we bring it up first, is that every every developer coming into your code base uh, and considering that this code base is, was written by another developer, their default behavior is going to be to want to rewrite the application. Yes. And that is because they do not know the code base and they believe that it's going to take them way longer, way much time to um, read through and understand the code base rather than rewrite yes. it on their own. Are they disappointed when they've been told that, uh, look, mate, uh, you're going to have to build upon this because... Uh kind of in a hurry here right did they get disappointed about that well <laughs> yeah again you know uh, it, most of the times it's not the developers call yeah true fortunately or unfortunately depending on the uh, just to touch up on this whole rewrite point really quickly uh, you mentioned that uh, people don't rewrite the application and uh, it's uh, generally not a trend that you see these days remember like 10 years ago uh, this site 2.0 this site 2.3 and you'd go in there and it'll be something completely different Whereas now it's more uh, modular uh, byte size updates, and you might go into the the site a year later and it might be completely different, but it's generally not something that you see these days rewriting the whole thing from scratch and say, "Look, here's the new thing." I had a couple of examples in my mind, like remember dig uh, d i g g back right. in the day, so I had like version two before, before Redis <laughs> exactly version three uh, they used to do that quite a bit. And I, even Twitter did that uh, a few times. And when Facebook used to do it, they had these groups pop up saying, oh, we hate the new redesign. So even companies learn how to work around that and just take a more modular uh, approach to building their stuff. Yeah. You don't tend to, to notice small iterative changes. Definitely. I mean, one thing is that those services have kind of uh, matured over time. The other thing is that, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of experimentation, not... Uh, a lot of the UI, UX um, best practices. patterns, yeah, best practices were established. So people were like, uh, you know, looking around. And uh, I believe that the fact that we say today that it's uh, we don't see much of rewriting going on is only because this happens behind the scenes in smaller companies mm -hmm. where it makes more sense. I mean, yep. there's no sense today to rewrite anything in f Facebook unless it was written like last year. And they realized that, you know, it was a study and it didn't take the course that they needed. Otherwise, a five, six, ten year well-tested technology, why should you yeah. rewrite it? So let's make the case for when and why. And uh, I'll get the ball rolling in this one. Um, so you might be able to say to yourself that the goal of your code base uh, would be to be able to iterate upon it uh, with ease or with less difficulty. And uh, for me, that would mean that it should be architecture in a certain way that it's modular, uh, not coupled, as in having uh, different parts of your code base that depend on one, uh, one uh, on each other, and that will make it more extensible in the future. So, uh, extensible means, uh, in practical terms, uh, a new feature comes in, and I'll be able to just Lego brick it on top. Uh, instead of uh, trying to see how this works, what it does, and uh, digging the hole deeper, basically, while trying to extend it. 
in, initially when you write your software, you can have that in mind. Or if uh, for one reason or the other uh, you're not at that place yet, uh, that would be a good case for me to uh, rewrite some stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another reason is uh, regressions. Mm-hmm. Regression is uh, a problem that uh, keeps coming back, a very specific problem that appears again and again. Once, uh, once these kind of problems start to become, um, you know, they come up constantly, it's like uh, a usual uh, phenomena, it is a very good indication that your code base uh, needs some kind of refreshing. Now, unless you have some idea as to why this is happening and uh, you can take measures to fix it once and for all, then you're really in a situation where you don't have true control over your code base and uh, it's not just the regressions, some other unexpected problems might sprung up, but uh, in a very ordinary fashion. Yeah. So uh, you're constantly wondering, you know, uh, why never anything works. <laughs> so if you find yourself in that kind of desperate situation, then you have a systemic problem. And it, yeah, and it, even, you know, your unrefactored code might cause a lot of problems. It might bring the internet down for five hours. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and I think that's a very good indication to start considering uh, rewriting. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, unrefactored code uh, has uh, uh, five fouls or three strikes or whatever spots analogy you want to make. If it comes and, bite, comes and bites you back way too often, then uh, you can handle, uh, you have to... Um, you have to get in there and uh, look how you can improve it. Um, Shots, like they call it in prison break, five shots. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's like uh, uh, digging the hole deeper and deeper. At some point, yes, you can dig the hole deeper and deeper and uh, it will work, but uh, how long till you can't get out of it? And then you might have to look into rewriting the whole thing. Yeah, Um, definitely, definitely. Other reasons, uh, more uh, um, uh, necessary reasons that you can't really avoid. Uh, outdated code that hasn't been touched in a while. Um, you, you went in your project. Uh, one of your dependencies broke because uh, of the new version of uh, a runtime you're working on or a new version of the language, in the case of uh, me, Swift 3. You know what? Uh, <clears throat> Because I work on on iOS app now, so at the moment uh, I had to get in there and rewrite a few things uh, just for that. So I had a, a great external uh, influence upon me. Uh, yes, Thanos, you know what? So, right. Um, when you first made that point, uh, when we were um, discussing about that, I, I, I was I couldn't relate to that. You know, from Swift two to Swift three. Yet it just uh, occurred to me that. I've done a number of rewrites exactly because of that reason. Because I came into a code base in uh, 2016 mm-hmm. and the front end was written uh, in Backbone, a technology uh, made way back in uh, like six, seven years ago. And that was a reason enough uh, for us to rewrite the application because today it's uh, there are very few developers knowledgeable with Backbone. Yeah, Backbone. Backbone is a is a library you can write applications for the front end. Yep, an old one. An old one. <laughs> you, what what year did you say? Two thousand and thirteen. You said when it was first. Uh, yeah, I don't know the exact date, but it's like uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, maybe a couple of years earlier than that. Yeah, two thousand two thousand eight was like a million years ago. 
Yeah, I mean, a year in uh, in the IT world is like four years in the normal yeah. industry. <laughs> Each season is a whole new year for us in terms of progress and uh, things happening. And, uh, okay, so what about if you code? Uh, sometimes code is so complex, like old legacy stuff. Uh, you look at it, you don't understand what it does. And uh, quite frankly, you might be too scared to touch it because uh, it'll break. Like a, like a, a bull inside the, the China shop. You know, you let him loose, the whole thing falls apart. So uh, it might be worthwhile putting that aside and rewriting something new that would replace that. Right. I see that mostly as a side effect of the other points that we mentioned. Of course. Like the code is very coupled together with many interdependencies that are not uh, really visible to the eye and you touch one thing and you break the other thing it's <laughs> a whole different part that you didn't even were looking into yeah so yeah those are the kind of indications that show that you need to start uh, considering uh, rewriting your application which um, brings us to the next point brings us <laughs> <to> the, right <laughs> which is what things to uh, consider Uh, before taking the decision of starting a rewrite. And <clears throat> of course, the first thing that you need to consider is the the amount of work involved here. How much time you're going to need to do it, how, much, how many people you're going to have to occupy for that. And that's always compared to the team. If you are a large team, uh, what does that mean for the team? I mean, if a major refactor is going on, um, It might be the case that uh, every every further development should be blocked and every every further feature development should be blocked because somebody would uh, need to write it on the existing code base and then would need to rewrite it on the new code base. So there are a lot of things to be uh, decided at that point when you are considering a rewrite in a code base especially in relation with uh, your team yeah. members. Uh, interesting point. Uh, I just realized that I, wrote, I read this Medium post uh, a couple of weeks ago from the folks at uh, Airbnb, I think, uh, detailing this uh, particular scenario discussed uh, on their uh, iOS app and the Swift migration. And because it's a large code base and a lot of people involved, it gives a nice insight about how they assigned people in order to do this um, And uh, I think it's rather this point. So let's put that in the show notes. Uh, now, uh, I like that point you brought up earlier about it's refactoring when it's not a lot of work involved, but at some point you go past this threshold and then you get into rewrite territory. So you might want to uh, consider instead of going to the rewrite route uh, in case that task seems uh, too large for you, Uh, to have many tiny little refactorings. And uh, the advantage of that could be it's not going to slow down your feature roadmap uh, significantly, always depending on uh, the amount of uh, people and resources you have. And you get to have these nice incremental improvements that uh, over time will make a difference. Right, definitely. Now, um, next are some things that you need to consider from a business perspective. And... Uh let's say a financial even, uh, let's put it down in hard numbers. So you should be able to start estimating um, the total cost of a rewrite, a refactor, 
versus the cost of living with that legacy code, right? Yeah. So, um, and that speaks to the importance of the code that you are going to refactor. So, if it is a, if it is a core part of your business and it's something that you are, uh, all of your team is daily working on, then it's definitely a yes, you know? Mm-hmm. If it is a, a subsystem that is kind of used by like a percentage of your users and doesn't get that many updates or doesn't require that many bug fixes, although the code is unreadable and unmaintainable, then you might want to consider not touching this. You know, it's a trade-off and you need to put everything on the table. I see. Well, all this is well and good, but, uh, you know, I'm the CTO, I'm the non-technical founder and... uh, you know, you, you can't... The CEO, the CTO is a technical... <laughs> or, or, or the non-technical founder. Um, right, all right, sorry, I didn't hear the R. Uh, and uh, so you, you have to make a case. So, all right, we have reasons uh, why to do this, very well outlined, and uh, technical considerations that have to do with uh, the people that will actually be carrying out this task. So uh, what's the, the last dot missing here? What's the last piece of the puzzle, so to speak? You know, convincing uh, the management. And uh, how do we go about doing this, uh, considering that uh, we have a very strong case and a desire uh, to do this because we think it'll take our product forward? Well, uh, desire shouldn't be like a factor. It's only, you know, you should only present the facts. Now, it's only natural to say that any any CEO, any business management uh, person uh, will hate this by default, okay? The business will... Maybe your CTO too. Maybe the CTO too, yeah. I mean, the business will grind to a halt. There will be no further feature developments. Everything will stop for a month or two or three, depending on the size. Um, For a really... uh, For an outcome that to the eyes of a non-tech founder or non-tech person look like exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So we're starting work today, we're finishing in two months, and the service is going to be exactly the same, and you're going to have to sell that. Now, <laughs> uh, That's true, so I just want to like uh, punctuate that. Y- you're telling me that in two months, it's going to look exactly the same. It might even you know, perform the same too, but... And I'm throwing the ball to you, Thanasi. Oh, it's for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get that. All right. So, yeah, the, the bad is that you're going to win in the long term. Awesome. Right? Because this is, uh, yeah. this is a marathon. It's, that's, this is not a sprint. Mm. And uh, by the moment you have a more fuel-efficient efficient engine, you are going to start seeing benefits out of the mileage, Right. So with a better code base, way more maintainable, you're going to start uh, rolling out features faster. You're going to have less bugs. You're going to eliminate systemic errors that pop out and sprung out of nowhere. You're going to be in control. And it's one of the steps of putting uh, the money in your mouth when you're saying we are getting serious about our business. And uh, in general, is it safe to say that in uh, short-term uh, time increments, it's a one-off thing. You're not going to be coming every couple of months saying refactor, refactor. It's, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. It's one-off. Like, you know, um, is it too risky to say it's once per lifetime? 
will I eat my words? Because uh, I can safely say that on some uh, uh, projects that I've worked on, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. No, it, def- it definitely is. And it, again, it depends on the on the platform. So for backend, it's more, more of the times it's one of a lifetime. Now, for mobile development, Dimitri, you tell us. I think it isn't like that. I mean, I think I can I can see people rewriting their apps every two or three years based on new APIs. Yeah. Well, you know, the the, the the current trend is uh, so we live in a constant delivery uh, of features. Well, you know, if you if you haven't opened an app for two or three months, it might be completely different. But that's not on the re. re uh, that's actually completely different. <laughs> the opposite of what we're discussing here. Like uh, you'll see uh, new features, uh, totally different stuff that we always build upon. Um, I would not necessarily see uh, the, the the rewrite part of this. Uh, having said that, though, uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, a mobile application or a native application might have. Uh, you might have rewritten uh, your networking layer, for example, uh, quite easily. Um, there was an external uh, uh, factor that influenced that uh, recently. The fact that you can't use uh, HTTP anymore it has to be HTTPS, and uh, that happens quite often. Maybe the, the the networking library you're using had a big upgrade and had a performance increase. So you see a lot of stuff like that. Um, however, though, uh, let's uh, put an asterisk here and get back to that pretty soon because there's a very specific use case that I have in mind uh, that uh, will kind of justify what we're saying here Right. a bit later. So just a couple of thoughts on when not to refactor. Like we said, like I said in the beginning, uh, a new developer comes in into existing code base, their default stance is to want to rewrite, okay? Uh, resist that temptation. Resist that temptation before you have a complete understanding of the business, of how the business operates, and how everything works top down in the in that business right from from the administration from yeah. the customer from the product managers from every perspective and only then can you make a really educated decision on that so you know hold your edges yeah <laughs> um let's uh quickly go through the steps to minimize the need for future refactoring so uh, why to refactor? However, let's uh, go through a steps we can take so we don't have to do that in the future. I'd like to get the ball rolling on this, Thanasi. Right. Um, so the first and most obvious one is to have tests. All right. And uh, testing means that you have test cases that test the expected outcome of your uh, code base, either it's in the back end or the front end. In my mind, Pretty much non-tested code is legacy code the moment it is created because you are creating something that uh, has a behavior, has an input, has an output, and it has an expected behavior. And you have never really uh, put that down on code, you know. By writing a test, you are defining the exact expectations you have from that thing that you wrote, the operation, mm-hmm. when you're not doing that, you're not giving uh, the exact <clears throat> the exact um, idea to your next developer that's going to touch on that code base as to what should happen and as to what might break if they change something. Because um, 
when a code base works at a single point of time, there are no guarantees that this will be also true one, two, three, four, five iterations down the road as more people lay yeah. their hands on the code base. So testing is a non-negotiable yeah. today. And uh, on top of that, I'd say uh, it's a good indication that you're doing something right. Uh, if people can be onboarded easier, like uh, a rule of thumb thing, uh, Mary starts on Monday, uh, Mary's first commit could be at the end of the day or Tuesday. I think that's a pretty good indication. Yeah. And also, it's a good indication that by Wednesday, uh, you know, Mary uh, wouldn't want to kill you because uh, your, your code is terrible. So I think uh, if people don't want to kill you, it's a good indication <laughs> that uh, you don't need a refraction. It's, it's most of the times, it's most of the times that uh, the people, the, the person that people want to kill is not, is no longer in the company, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So now that we got uh, murder out of the way, uh, <laughs> uh, like, okay, um, can I say that phrase that I like to say? Definitely. <laughs> it's all yours. So, uh, you know, proper structure, architecture, coupling, extensibility that we uh, talked about just now. And uh, what I'd like to say uh, now and again, that refactoring is now. So when you start off something, uh, try to... I'm doing quotes so you can see it. Get it right uh, the first time. And uh, if you do, you will never have to enter this uh, uh, refactoring phase. Definitely. And uh, we've dedicated a whole episode into writing quality code, episode number nine. So, uh, yeah. There you I go. Mean, so if you just joined exactly, us today, exactly. go back and uh, listen to it, please. So, Dimitri, do you have any... You know, mm. life experiences you want to share with rewrite? Sure. So I have a, um, a rewrite and a refactor. So uh, the rewrite is actually, I had to do it in my uh, current application. Uh, there's a, a chat module in there where you can talk to other users. And at some point, uh, we were building layer on top of layer on top of layer of that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a few f roadmap features we're going to have uh, in about a month or so uh, pretty much cannot be easily implemented with the current architecture unless you want to dig yourself in the hole. I took a few weeks, and uh, what a coincidence. I'm actually looking into uh, submitting that today to the App Store. And uh, I wrote it, looked at a lot of uh, best practices uh, on how people build these applications, uh, a lot of the... Uh, open source projects that are out there. I opted to write something on my own instead of just uh, adding a dependency because uh, we have a lot of custom behaviors, but I also really wanted to uh, get some uh, deeper understanding and experience about how these uh, client works. So uh, in this case, I didn't, I, I wrote it, so I just wrote a different module that will replace uh, the old one. And uh, it also would allow for like A-B testing and that sort of stuff. One other example that I have, and uh, this is more, um, I think, on the uh, refactoring side of uh, the person that just joined the team. I was working on a ride-hailing app a couple of years ago. I was one of the lead developers there. And uh, when I joined, uh, I uh, decided that I had to present a case for um, doing a major refactor on the uh, opening screen. So imagine a ride-sharing app. Uh, usually when you get in there, you see a map, 
and there's a lot of stuff happening there. It took us about a month. Initially, that's what the estimate we made was. Uh, presented to management. They accepted it. In, in the end, we shipped it about six weeks later instead of a month. And uh, there are a couple of uh, new team members we had to onboard too. And uh, the case for that was that it was going to be made uh, very extensible from then on. And uh, when we actually sat down and measured velocity of uh, feature delivery a few months later, uh, we had uh, hard data to back up uh, our rewrite. And uh, so there you go. Um, On my behalf, uh, I wish I could share like a horror story quote, (laughs) but I just don't have have any. Uh, It's actually worked quite... Uh, well for me in these two cases uh, which cover successful the, rewrites the, the, the recent past for me yeah because there are the unsuccessful ones yes <laughs> take a minute one of them as well uh, I, I mean okay. i'm not really familiar with any specific cases but i'm pretty sure that uh, some of the rewrites were uncalled for that have happened out in the world generally i'm not talking about any specific cases again so um if i could say yeah. uh an example out of my experience and this is um, this is about <coughs> uh, trying to resist the urge to rewrite so when I joined uh, a new startup at some point um, and there was a developer already there having done a prototype of the service uh, what I came to um, confront there was a code base of, for the backend that consisted of a single 4,000 line of code file. Ouch. And for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for those people that don't understand, uh, I mean, again, back on episode nine in regards to uh, quality code and development, uh, backend code should be uh, devised into multiple files and folders, have a structure that makes sense, you know, models, controllers, routers, stuff like that, and uh, files no longer that, than 300 lines of code each, uh, you know, very specific uh, separation of concerns, nothing, nothing of that, everything was in a single file, 4,000 lines of code. So, of course, the only thing that came up to my mind was a rewrite. I mean, the, that code base was impossible to work with. Yet, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody need any convincing there, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Yet the business aspect came in and said that, hey, you know what? We've been uh, working for six months to make that prototype. We are about to launch with that, and uh, you telling us that we need to go under for another three months—it's not going to yeah, work. It's tough. It's tough. So I had to bite the bullet and go through uh, implement a strategy of progressive refactoring starting to break out parts of that monolithic code base of 4,000 lines of code, piece by piece, taking them out as they were, copy-paste into a different new file, adjust as needed. And that process took the course of three months. And after three months, the code base was broken out into multiple modules, multiple files, I'll buy it with the same legacy code. Yeah, but that, that's a correct decision, though, isn't it? Because uh, these people are saying, look, uh, you know, we're a startup, we're running law and funds, we, we have to launch. So, you know, these constraints that you had, it seems like, uh, you know, biting the bullet, fair enough, but 
uh, I think that was the right way. Yeah, I mean, for them, uh, for the for them, it's life or death. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense to have a good code base and not have a company. Which is, you know, a, a skill in itself. You kind of like uh, change the oils while the car was driving, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Fun moment. Fun All right. Time. So uh, that, that's it for uh, tonight, Thanasi. Indeed. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can all email us your questions at hello at listenship. Again, you can email us your questions at hello at listenshiprepeat.com. Um, give us five star ratings if you enjoyed it uh, on your favorite uh, podcasting uh, app or iTunes. And you can send us your question by calling us on 866-370-5050 from anywhere. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, We'll talk uh, soon. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.